want to welcome everybody to East Brainerd this morning. Thank you so much for coming to be a part. Glad that so many of you got the menu or got the memo for the uh, ugly sweater competition that we're having today. Uh, I think uh, some of you weren't even planning on coming to church with us this morning. You just saw all the sweaters, follow them, and uh, came to be with us. We're, we're glad about that. Uh, but I'm just going to go ahead and claim it right now and say it. Uh, we have decided on our winner. All right? We, we've decided on our winner. We have Buddy the Elf with us uh, this morning. Right? We have Buddy the Elf. <laughs> Josh Guthrie went all out. And so I appreciate him taking it very seriously. And... Um, Really bringing home the gold uh, today with that. Hey, it's great that we can have fun and to be able to, uh, to laugh, the ugly sweaters and um, all the things, the kids in PJs, all the fun things that we do, you know, during this time. Uh, today is a very special day for us here at uh, East Brainerd. I've got some special friends that are going to be joining me here in a few minutes. And in fact, um, if you are some of those special friends of mine and you already have uh, special costumes on and you're going to be helping in the telling of the story of Jesus, um, if you wouldn't mind, go ahead and Miss Whitney and Miss Tessa are going to be waiting for you in the back. And so you can leave right now and just walk to the back. And, and moms or dads, if you need to help your child back there, that's fine. Uh, but I want to go ahead and let them go. And if you're here today and didn't realize that we were going to be having this time and, and, and you have a young child, uh, say three years old to the fifth grade, and they would like to participate and be a part, hey, we've got a shepherd staff that we can give them. Uh, we, have, uh, we can dress them up like a sheep or a camel, right? And so they're welcome to go to the back as, as well. So just because if they didn't know that this was going to be going on, they can still they can still participate, and we would love for them to, uh, to be a part. So uh, just go into the back now, and Mr. Steve's back there, I see as well, and we'll be uh, getting that, that group uh, together. As they are getting ready to, to help me out, you, if you've been a part of our church family uh, for the last few years, you've heard me say before that the thing that will impact your life the most is the very thing that you often never see coming. You can't anticipate it. You can't put it on your calendar. You, you can't write it in and say, I know what's going to happen today, and I'm going to be prepared. It just, it just happens. And the impact that it has on you is so positive or it's so negative. Now, we often think about this in our lives in a negative sense, but what about if it is something that is truly positive? But what if the thing that impacts your life the most is, is not where, where God perhaps allows something to be removed from your life, but what if it's God allowing you to see something that you did not even know that you were, you were missing? It happened in a very famous story that is present in our Bibles. When you read Matthew chapter 2, it says that Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. And about that time, some wise men from the east, it says, arrived in Jerusalem. Now, I don't know if you realize this, but when Matthew wrote about the wise men, he gave more space to their story. He gave more space there, more square inches of text than he gave to the, the whole narrative of the birth of Jesus. Matthew doesn't mention shepherds. He doesn't talk about the angels and the songs that they would sing. But he doesn't want you, he doesn't want for me to miss the star. And he doesn't want for us to miss the searchers, those that, that came looking for the king that had been born. And I think it's easy to see why. Their story is our story. 
Just like they were travelers, we're also sojourners in this life. And we're trying also to find, hopefully, the king. But in order to find Jesus, everyone needs direction. And, and so God would, God would give it. When you continue to read there in, in Matthew, it says that those wise men, the magi, that they arrived at Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. Now some of you might remember that last year, the planets of Jupiter and Saturn performed this, this astronomical conjunction. And for the first time since 1226, these two planets aligned in such a way that they looked to be one shining orb, one shining star that was there in the night sky. It appeared to the naked eye to be this one source of light. It was referenced and referred to as being the Christmas star. And that night, thousands of sky watchers enjoyed a sight that no one had seen for 800 years. Now, I remember as, as my family and I stood out in the driveway, and, and we were trying to look, and we were trying to find it, and, and trying to see if we could take the pictures with it. I remember thinking in my mind that God uses the natural world to get our attention. God uses things that we take for granted. God, God uses things that we just expect to be there each and every day. The things that we expect to see every single night to get our attention and sometimes even to stop us in our tracks. The planets and the stars form the first missionary society. It's true, as scripture says, that the heavens declare the glory of God. Listen to what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 1 and verse 20. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature. It says so they have no excuse at not knowing God. The stars, the sun, the moon, the trees, all the things that we see around us, these are reminders, these are attention getters for all of us that God is present. So God led the wise men to Jerusalem with a star, but to lead them to Jesus, he used something else. Again, Matthew chapter 2. It says King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard all of this, and as was everyone in Jerusalem. So he called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? They said, in Bethlehem in Judea. See, the star was enough to get the Magi to Jerusalem. But God used his scriptures to lead them to Jesus. I think people see signs of God every day. We see signs of God all around us. Our breath is taken away oftentimes by the sunset. Some of you guys lit up Facebook and Instagram uh, over the last few months with pictures that you've seen in the morning, right? I mean, because some of you are just weird and you get up when the sun rises. Yeah, some of you are, are even weirder, and you get up before the sun rises, which I really don't understand. But you get up, and you see that beauty, and you took the picture, and you posted it for everyone to see. And why did it catch your breath so much? Why was it something that you marveled at? It was a sign of God. You know, newborns, they bring us smiles and tears. It was great to see the families up here. It was great to see uh, the, those pictures, little stud Matherly. I think that's how he's going to be known from now on right? I mean, it's great to see these little newborns and the joy that they bring, but it's a reminder again of the beauty and the creativity and the majesty of God. 
But does everyone who sees these signs, does everyone draw near to God? Did everyone who saw your post of that beautiful morning, did they respond and tell you, thank God and how beautiful God is and thank you for reminding me about God's glory? Is that the message that you got when you sent out the invitation to come and see your child? Look, the baby is here. We've brought her home. Look, he's in his crib. We want you to see. Did everyone say, praise God? I can't believe that God has done this. Look again and see what God has done. That's not necessarily the message. Not everyone draws near to God. Many are simply content to see the signs. They don't realize that the riches of God are intended to turn us toward him. But the wise men, they understood the purpose of the sign. They followed it to Jerusalem where they heard about the scripture. And the prophecy then led them to find the Christ. And it's interesting that that star that led them there to Jerusalem appeared again and would guide them to Bethlehem. It's as if the star and the scriptures worked in tandem to bring the wise men to Jesus. And here's an important thing I think we need to remember. The aim of all of God's messages, both those that are miraculous and written, is to shed the light of heaven on Jesus. God wants us to see his son. He wants us to find him in Christmas. So they entered the house. They saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped. They opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold and and frankincense and myrrh. It's the first Christian worshipers. It's the first worshipers of the Christ. As they, they come, their hearts were open to God's gift, and the men were never the same, it says. They were changed. After worshiping the Christ child, it says they departed to their own country by another way. Now Matthew uses the word way in other places to suggest a direction in life. He speaks of the narrow way that that people go down and, and the way of righteousness. And he could very well be telling us here in this scripture that the wise men went home as different men. They went home another way. Yes, a different path that they took, encouraged by God himself for their protection. But also perhaps they went home a different way, taking a different path, having a different focus, a different purpose, because they had been in the presence of greatness. They had been in the presence of God. They had been called by a sign, a bright star that was in the sky. They had been instructed by Scripture, a centuries-old prophecy. And they had been directed by God, and they left changed forever. It's as if all the forces, all the forces of nature, all the forces of history had cooperated to guide these wise men. And I think it would be wise for us to recognize that God uses every possible means to communicate. Because heaven still wants you to see Jesus. He still wants you to see Jesus. And it's why finding Christmas is so important. It's why we've been talking about this over the last few weeks together. You see, each Christmas season, God uses the various tellings of the nativity story to gain the attention of the people, his people, random people, people that are walking into elevators and and hearing songs about his son playing above their head. Individuals who were there in department stores, the carolers on the doorsteps, all being used by God to get the attention of those who are around them. He shines the spotlight on his son through this. And through angel trees and Salvation Army kettles and and secret Santas, he illuminates the continued impact of the Savior. You know, this is the most wonderful time of the year. 
It's the most wonderful time of the year, but, but not because of the ugly sweaters and the buddy the elves that roam around. It's not just because of, of Santa's. It's not just because of presents or the 24-hour showing of Christmas vacation, which is awesome. It's the most wonderful time of the year because person after person is invited at different times and in different ways through different retellings of the story to see Jesus. Heaven is trying to get our attention. Heaven wants you to see the Christ. God wants you to see his son. So we have some young boys and girls here with us who, who want to help God get your attention this morning. See, here at EB, we want our children to love Jesus and to love telling the story of Jesus. So for every year since 2009, except for last year, because, well, last year was just awful, right? But we have had our members of our children's ministry here on this stage and in order to share the nativity story. And so this year, I've asked them to, to come and join me in considering what perhaps took place behind the scenes, behind the curtains of heaven, as God prepared to use a little star to make a very big impression. Now, understand, it's not just going to be the little ones who are going to be telling this story today. You're also going to have a part. So be prepared to lift your voice and sing. For once upon a time, in fact, at the very beginning of time, God made the stars. God made the stars, and God told the stars. I have a special place for each of you to shine, and a special job for each of you to do. But you will have to wait until I am finished making the rest of the universe before you can be placed in the sky. So they waited. All of them were so excited thinking about where in the heavens they would be placed. They whispered among themselves about the special jobs that they might do. They all whispered quietly except for Little Star because he was so excited and he could not stay quiet. Just think, I'm going to have a place to shine for God. Quiet, you. You never stop talking. Not so loud. Please, I'm trying to concentrate. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just so excited. It's hard to be quiet. Just think, Twinkle. You and me, shining for God. I know, I know. That's, That's a really big job. That's enough. Shh. Quiet. Finally, the wait was over. One by one, God took each of the stars and showed them exactly where and how they were going to shine for him. At last, he came to Little Star. He looked down at the excited little one. Do you really want to shine for me, Little Star? Yes, sir. I want to shine for you anywhere, anytime. Good, because I have a very special place for you and a very important job. Only you will have to wait because now isn't the right time. And with that, God was gone. Little Star was confused. He didn't know what to do. He looked into the heavens where all the other stars were shining and he felt very much alone. Did you hear what happened to Little Star? No, do tell. Ooh, this is going to be juicy. Well, he wasn't placed. 
Was it placed in the heavens? But how can that be? Everyone else was. Do you remember who was so noisy when we were getting ready for our job assignments? Oh, that's right. Just terrible. On and on the other stars talked until Little Star became very upset. He ran to his friend Twinkle for advice. What am I going to do, Twinkle? Maybe God made a mistake when he made me. Maybe there isn't a special job for me after all. Maybe, maybe I'm a mistake. Now just hold on, little star. You and I both know that God doesn't make mistakes. But what am I going to do? Hmm, let me think. Suppose you have to grow a big star beam so that everyone will notice you. A star beam? I can do that. What a wonderful idea. If I make it big enough, maybe even God will see it and give me a place to shine for him. Thanks, Twinkle. I gotta get busy on my star beam. Little Star went to work. And soon, well, he had a beautiful, beautiful star beam. And all the other stars watched with approving interest. Hmm, perhaps he'll amount to something after all. Bright and shiny. I like it. Little Star's star beam was indeed bright and shiny, and just as he wanted, it caught the eye of God. What do we have here, little one? Sir, I grew the star beam so I can be good enough to shine for you. The star beam is for me? Yes, sir. I want to shine for you anywhere. Please give me a chance. Well, if it's for me, and I can use it exactly the way I want, then may I break it off? Break it off? Why would you want to break it off? It's for you so I can shine for you. I did it for you. I guess you can break it off if you really want to. Thank you, precious one. You see, I can't use you as I planned with this star beam in the way. With enormous care and infinite love, God took little star in his hands and carefully broke off the star beam. He put the broken little one inside his cloak right next to his heart and went on about his work. Little star could still hear the other stars talking. Did you hear what happened to little star? No, do, do no. tell. But as time went on, they just didn't matter anymore. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the 
Little Star was learning to listen to another voice as he lived day by day close to God's heart. And after a very long time, God called softly to Little Star. Now, now, Little Star, is the time for you to shine for me. Follow my finger across the sky, and I will point you to your place in the heavens. Joy filled the Little Star's heart. There really was a special job after all. Little Star started to follow the hand of God. Down, 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 far below all the other stars near the earth. Stop, stop here, little one, and shine for me. Little Star watched, and people approached. The first Noel, the Star could hardly believe what he was seeing. He was shining to announce the birth of God's only son, Jesus. He had been made for this. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we Little Star watched as Mary, Joseph, and the baby Jesus settled down in the simple stable. They stayed there because there was no room for them in the inn. But not far away, in another part of the sky, Little Star saw angels appear. 
Hark the herald angels sing Glory to the newborn King Peace on earth and mercy mild God and sinners reconciled Joyful all ye nations rise Join the triumph of the skies With angelic hosts angels were telling a group of shepherds that Jesus had been born. The angels told the shepherds that they would find the baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. The shepherds couldn't get to the stable fast enough to see this miracle. Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, Little Star looked down and saw angels in the stable and animals. Away in a manger, no crib for a bed. The little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. The stars in the Yeah. 
Then the little star saw wise men from distant lands making their way toward him. They kept pointing and watching him. Little star realized they were following him. They were using his light to find Jesus. We three kings of Orient are bearing gifts we traverse so far, field and fountain pour and mountain following yonder star. Oh, star of wonder, star of night, star of royal beauty bright, As little star looked down and saw the baby Jesus, his heart was filled with joy. Slowly he had grown from just a little star into the brightest, most beautiful star in all of heaven. And he didn't even know it had happened. Silent night,
nature Friends, perhaps God has been trying to get your attention this Christmas. Perhaps you've needed this Christmas more than any that have come before. You've needed to be able to see these children up here. You've needed to be able to hear the songs. You've, you've needed the lights. You, you, you've needed all the things that go on around the season, the plans for your family, the, the presents. But more than anything... You've needed for God to get your attention again. If so, will you be faithful to his signs? Allow those signs to lead you to scripture. And then be humble and allow scripture to lead you to Jesus. And when you find Jesus there within scripture, will you worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Because in recognizing the the Son of God, you're recognizing the one that can lead you home. You see, Jesus is the one thing that will impact your life the most. The thing that will impact your life more than anything is the one thing that oftentimes you didn't even realize you needed. Some of you don't realize how much you need God in your life right now. You don't realize how much you need the Savior of the world to be the Savior of your soul. Find Christmas. Allow God to find you. In doing so, you will find the most important thing for your life. Will you join me in prayer? Father, we are grateful to be here this morning, to be able to have you remind us, to have you remind us of just the love that you poured out. We are thankful for Jesus, for the salvation that comes only through him. We are also thankful for the way in which you use this world that is around us to get our attention, to remind us that you are still present, to remind us that you are still in control, and to remind us that you are still, that you are still the Savior. Father, I pray that during this season that we will, we will be found by you, that yes, we will find Christmas, and yes, that we will see Jesus, but Father, that we will be found by you and that we would be able to see you clearer than we ever have before. Thank you for the sunsets. Thank you for the sunrises. Thank you for the moon and the stars in the sky. Thank you for your nature and for your creation and for all the ways that it points to you. And Father, we are grateful for your words, for your scripture, 
for how we have found Jesus through them, for how we have learned of your character, for how we have learned of your very nature. Father, may we be humble enough to commit our lives to the Savior. May we worship him. May we live our lives in a way that will bring honor and glory to you. Father, we are so thankful. We're thankful for the fact that you did not leave us to our own devices and that you fulfilled your promise in sending a Savior into the world. It is that Savior that we praise today, is that Savior that we worship each and every day of our lives. And Father, is that Savior that we will declare until our life is over. Father, help us to see you more clearly. Allow us to find Jesus. In the name of him, we pray. Amen.